1: Charlie Jacobi runs a YouTube channel called Field Sports UK. Field Sports is this amalgamation of global hunting and they put out a show, about 30-minute 45-minute show every Wednesday. It's phenomenal. If you haven't watched it, you need to go check it out. This conversation though is a serious question answer debate discussion between two individuals, myself and Charlie. That pretty much every single day are breathing in and out, hunting content, thinking about hunting, thinking about narrative, thinking about rhetoric, and where we go forward. I hope you get a lot out of this. I did. And I apologize for the nasalness of this intro, as well as the podcast
0: itself. I'm still getting over the crud that the savages gave me. Lunchtime in the UK right now, right? It is. What's for lunch today?
2: Oh goodness me, I haven't got that far. Um, I uh, so, so, so I've I've got a bread maker. Is that is that a is that a sinful thing to have? Is it a bad thing to have?
1: Oh, you, you shouldn't be talking about your wife like that, <laughs> Chuck. <Child. laughs>
2: she she if she could reach you, if she could reach you. She'd reach out and. Grab you, I suspect for saying that. No, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have sandwiches made in my bread maker. Um, but uh, I, I haven't got anything.
1: Oh, to, you said bread maker.
2: A uh, bread maker, an automatic bread okay, maker. I'm still gonna say my wife. I've got an electronic bread maker. How about that?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna no, have uh, anything fancy on the sandwiches? Venison?
2: No, I mean us. Uh, the duck season has just started here, so the the proper answer to give you would be yes. Slivers of teal breast that I shot oh on the my marsh gosh, last night. Oh my gosh, that would
1: be amazing!
2: It would. I'm going wildfowling tonight uh, for the first time this season, so maybe ask me tomorrow and I'll tell you what I've got on my sandwiches. Um, but so
1: I'm- no, there's a big. We've obviously got a big waterfowl contingent here in the US, and, and waterfowl season has kicked off in Canada, and it'll slowly make its way south as we get longer in the, into the year. What is waterfowling or wildfowling, as you mentioned? What does that look like in terms of a hunt in the UK?
2: Yeah, I think you're miles ahead of us on this. And I absolutely love the idea that you can track the, the waterfowl migrations across the states. You have websites, don't you, which are dedicated to sort of where are the duck right, right now? Um, we're much, based, much more based around uh, local knowledge. Uh, wildfowling here was a trade. Uh, am I right in thinking you can't sell what you shoot in the States? Is that right? 100%. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah it's so- an antiquated law based on, you know, market, market hunting and the decimation of our wildlife species. Um, it's something that I would really like someone to pick up and really look at again, because I think it would be phenomenal for wildlife conservation here in the States.
2: I think it would too. I mean, we, we have, we have two things here. We have a, a game market that we're constantly trying to push and, and and wildfowling was a great trade. You know, if you go back to the nineteenth century, uh, then the, the trains to London would be full of you know the the knights wildfowl, um, and uh, they would go into the restaurant trade. So wildfowling is it, it's kind of, it, it, I would say it's a bit like your sort of your steel workers and your meat packers, culturally speaking. You know that that's where it is with us. And it's one of the reasons that uh, our Labour Party, which likes to associate itself with, you know, the, the working man, uh, does not want to ban the what they call one for the pot shooting. It's quite a lot of shooting they don't like, quite a lot of you know, wildlife management they don't like, but uh, but wildfowling is pretty well sacrosanct, I think, over here.
1: So the birds that come into those areas are sort of local populations that move between different ponds or do they you get some sort of immigration into the population every so often
2: well we've got a bit of both so uh, we have um, a large geese population that nests in Greenland and uh, and Russia and they come in in the winter um, and they are at a height of population at the moment uh, they they come in for the crops um, so in this week's field sports Britain which is the show we put out on Wednesdays we will have a piece about uh, the Orkney geese uh, and how one of our main conservation charities are trying to pretend there isn't a goose problem at the moment. Um, and they're trying to pretend there is a stoat problem so that they can get funding. Anyway, it's, it's a it's a long and complicated story. You'll have to watch the show, obviously. Um, but the duck are mainly local. And uh, and I must say that that's the bit which I love is that, that sound of, of a pack of teal the kind of whoosh noise as they come in that that's my favorite bit about wild farming.
1: yeah just like it sounds like jet fighters right yeah. coming over your head in the middle of you know you can't see them it's still dark and it's just like wow it has how can a small bird on. make such such noise right through its wings
2: i've been duck hunting not very far away from you in louisiana so you you've got if you've got mainly wood wood duck is that right
1: Local, local would be wood ducks. They don't really migrate at all.
2: Uh, and what's coming in now on the migration?
1: Uh, teal, just like you guys. Teal would be the first wave, and then everything else trickles in from there.
2: Yeah, um, and I mean, how many species have you got uh, in the states that you, mm. that you hunt?
1: So people are going to kill me now because they're going to listen to this and you're going to put me on the spot and I'm going to get it wrong. I think in total in the United States, you can chase 41 species of ducks and geese, including swans in that.
2: That's, that's a, a good answer. Please, everybody, really forgive Robbie if you got it wrong. That, I, I would not be able to give you a number for the UK. So I'm, that's, that's deeply impressive. But it is—it's surprising. It's a lot, isn't it? I mean, if you—you know—if you think about the number of, of of other species we go after, whether they be game birds like partridge or grouse species, you've got various grouse species in the states, deer species. I mean, the duck and goose population are just gigantic, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Um, and and sorry, last—I've got—I'm not sure if you're interviewing me or I'm, inter- I'm interviewing you, but I've—I've—I've I've, I've just got to. <laughs> I've, I've, this this uh, this duck question does does fascinate me. I, I, I characterize the American hunter as kind of principally brush country bucks. You know, it's it's a whitetail thing. Maybe it's a mule deer, maybe it's elk as well, but but white-tail are the absolute focus. Right. But then in the media we see duck hunting is also very very big. I mean, it's, it, which is bigger? Huge.
1: Well, you know, you couch it in terms of how many hunters are there that chase whitetail, and I, th- I would say that most people that hunt. Are whitetail hunters. You know, the, I would say that the segment of our hunting population that is the strongest, that is the densest, that is the most populous is a whitetail hunter in the Southeast, Midwest, Northeast, sort of stretches out right up until the Rockies. And then it turns into mule deer hunting and elk and antelope and all that kind of stuff. Uh, duck hunting is strong, it's just not as available as deer hunting deer hunting, I can go 20 minutes down the road and I can deer hunt. I can't go 20 minutes down the road and duck. And I could, it just wouldn't be very good. There may be one duck or there may be no ducks. Uh, but there's lots of places. If you if you scratch around, that's the beauty of the American system. If you scratch around, you can find some some gem pearls of either waterfowl hunting, deer hunting, whatever you want. That, I, I
2: mean, the American system to me is, it, it, it's a... Uh it has so much going for it and uh, i mean i noticed on your website you were you were talking about how it's it's such a privilege it's you know you're so lucky to have it uh, and i often think about how we could possibly introduce it into europe in a way or maybe it's too late i mean we are stuck with our sort of our permis our permit based shooting over here you have to have permission from the landowner no. you simply have tons and tons of state land don't you
1: Yeah, we have lots of state land, but I think the model that Europe can look at and the UK specifically can look at are these private land access programs, and those are on a state by state basis. And it's um, you either draw the hunt, or it's lottery, or but it's 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 a it's a recognition that people want access to land. There is no land. Well, then private land say, okay, we're going to open it up, and they post it, and you know, there's there's a whole code of ethics tied to it, and it's a, it's a very, very well-run program in various states. Like, for instance, I'm going up to Wyoming to shoot an envelope. I drew a tag. Um, I can hunt any public ground in a specific unit. But then there's also a program called Access Yes, which is a certain block that I know I see, I, I've got a map. And inside that block, all private ground I can access too.
2: That sounds fantastic i mean that's that's exactly what we should we, we have a problem at the moment because we got a, a certain amount of state land in forestry uh run by uh, what we call our forestry commission and they have a opaque-ish not very transparent way of, of handing out uh hunting licenses on it hunting permits on it but uh the the private land access idea sounds sounds ideal for us really um when it comes to um how it builds a sense of community. One of the things I really like about hunting in Germany and France is it is very much based around the village, you know, the, the, the mm. ground, uh, mm. similarly with our, our Fox hunts, uh, and, and also to a large extent with our, with our driven shoots, you know, it is, it's a lot of local people who are involved in it. Does private land access help with that at all? Does it build community?
1: No, not really. The only way that it would build community would be if you are sort of group hunting, right? There's, friends coming together and saying okay we're going to put in all together on a group application so from the tag system perspective you can tag you can apply individually or you can apply as a group so you can get four of your buddies together or five of your buddies together and you all can hunt off one tag if you get drawn for it um the other thing that popped into my brain from an english perspective that would really help from a private land It would help the private land side of things, not just the the, the public access side of things. Is your management right? You've got you've got deer management needs. You have predator control needs, and the public can serve those management goals.
0: I guess would you know? And here's the rub. Here's the rubber where, where the meets the road. Right, is it would be cheaper, but. You would also be in, in, in engaging in almost a uh,
1: – because the U.K. has a private system built around deer stalking, deer management, selling of that game into the system. It would be, it'd be a very fine line to walk, I would think.
2: We're having a debate at the moment in the U.K. Uh, because of lockdown, because of COVID, because of the collapse here in the venison price, which is a big driver for you know, people who go hunting deer particularly but we're having a, we're having a, exactly that debate at the moment you know we've got too many deer can we as one i think it was a texas wildlife ranger put it can we shoot our way out of this situation um and i, I think the answer is yes you know i think uh, i think it, it comes down to a sense of responsibility for for the land and you know the, the countryside and the and the wildlife that live there and and if you've got that, then yes, assuredly, you can go out and solve your deer problems. And, I, and I, there's a kind of a, a myth really here about the evil landowner who tries to maximize mm. the number of deer on their land so they can raise an enormous amount of money from stalking. I mean, the reason it's a myth is nobody here has made a lot of money out of deer stalking, as we call it, deer hunting. You know, prices yep. to hunt a deer here are expensive, but the, people simply don't get rich off it. Uh, that people who live on the ground do have responsibility for for their land and the only places where I see a massive overpopulation you know where I see actual sick deer deer dying mm. of disease is people who don't like the idea of hunting at all who've just banned it you know fence the deer in we, we have an anti-hunting organization here called the League against cruel sports they experimented with a, a, a patch of land quite near me in the West country where they they said no shooting no killing nothing and it was awful the locals were having to break into the land and and shoot these poor deer that were staggering around starving and diseased because that you know there's this ideology that somehow they'd be all right was was not what
1: nature will take care of herself right Charlie? yeah no (laughs) well look we're 10 minutes into 12 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even formally introduced you that's what happens (laughs) um you did allude to field sports channel so charlie jacoby um please go ahead and introduce yourself
2: well hi thank you robbie my name is charlie jacoby like you i i came over on a, a a boat from uh from upper germany and uh uh i think they're probably still struggling with your name and they're still struggling with my name um and um I run with, uh, well, there's 10 of us now, uh, an outfit called Field Sports Channel, which is principally a YouTube channel. We produce a weekly TV, long-form TV show called Field Sports Britain, which aims to show the best hunting and shooting and fishing wherever it takes place, anywhere in the world, but with a bit of a British platform attached to it. Uh, and we've had a good run. We've, we've had uh, 12 years. and we've, we've been lucky enough to be on YouTube. YouTube has you know, been very good for our audience. Uh, our audience figures. I'm not sure about our audience themselves, um, and, uh, and, and thankfully that maintains.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. I really enjoy uh, every Thursday, for or Wednesday or Thursday for us, um, to get your content and to watch it. And uh, the animatedness of the, you know, the the English style presentation is something that <laughs> I, I very quite enjoy. We just, uh, and obviously, you're the head of that.
2: We know nothing about showbiz. That's our that's our basic English problem. We just can't do the entertainment industry like 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 you can. But uh, the great thing is, as you know with Blood Origins, as you have shown with Blood Origins, the story value of what we do is magnificent. And I cannot understand how. I mean, in Europe, largely, even to an extent in America, they, you know, the main TV channels have basically abandoned the narrative strength of hunting and, and just kind of moved away from it he, he, you've got to be out of your minds
1: really why has that been the case charlie like we should be the best storytellers in the world Well, i don't think it's a conspiracy
2: of a smoke filled room you know i don't think there are senior cvs executives getting together and saying we're not going to do hunting anymore cuz it's bad for people uh, i think it's it's i think there is a, a a kind of cultural um sort of like institutional racism there's a sort of institutional cultural thing going on where people don't even know they're doing it we ha- we have a part of london where tony blair came from called islington and i think it is fair to say that you know most of what we see on our national broadcasters are what would be acceptable to a dinner party in islington um and i think it's probably fair to say that you know there are parts of new york that have absolutely no connection with hunting sure um,
0: yeah absolutely. And, there
2: are, and there are going to be tv executives who who think the same way um uh we're, we're just i'm um, currently uh just trying to get together the idea of a of a road show so we take field sports channel out to the village halls of of the uk uh, and i'm uh, chatting to a, a producer uh, a director a theater director because this has to be you know theatrical entertainment as well uh, and and he, has, he has that sort of standard issue media cultural heritage where he kind of doesn't get it. You know, he doesn't mm. understand. But he's gradually understanding, first of all, the narrative strength of hunting, you know, the fact that it makes a great tale. And, and secondly, the kind of the community strength of hunting, that there's nothing on stage uh, or in the wider media that really does what, you know, Blood Oranges does, the Field Sports Channel does. Um, and, and I hope he's going to come around to it, you know, can I give you a quick example of this, which, which, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm
1: fascinated.
2: So, um, we got, so um, it's
1: going to be like in, in person, face to face, a little bit of video, a little bit of like stand up. Um, you got it. Yes, stand-up is
2: is a strong word, you know, it's uh, not necessarily (laughs) going to be funny, but uh, we'll we'll do our best.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, like campfire stories, but in live, in person, with a little bit of video thrown in.
2: That's the planet. So, the working title is is Field Sports Channel Telly Night. I'm t- I shouldn't be telling you all this. I should be I should be leaving this okay. with some fabulous okay. media announcements, you know. And-
1: oh, this is going to be a fabulous media announcement. This is the four people is- that yeah, the four people that listen to this is going to be amazing.
2: Okay, you you guys, you got to when you see the when you see the ads, click on it, <laughs> and get the ticket, and come and watch. <laughs> Even if you are in Mississippi, it's fine. Um, no, I want to give you another example of this. So, last year we got some funding to do. Um, uh, to have a news editor um and uh you know we, we have i mean what blood origins has done to to fund this fantastic work which i think does so much to build the uh what do you call it the sort of we're very bad at outreach and media in hunting and shooting mm, sports mm, mm. blood origins gives people a vocabulary. You know, it gives something which people can then send to their mates and say, "Look, this is what I'm talking about." Right. Uh, and and also it inspires confidence in people to be able to hold those arguments themselves. So that's one of the things Correct. we're trying to do with our news output. And so we hired a news editor, and we got him from uh, he came from the South China Morning Post, uh, where he was a good quality assistant foreign news editor for many years. And he came over to the UK. And he started working for us. He started writing things about how hunters think one thing. But conservationists think another and i go no no, no 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 right start again start again okay anti-hunters think one thing and conservationists think another that's what you're going to do and he's gradually and he's you can see you've watched him develop over, over the last couple of years and, and now he's he's completely message. you know he's basically he's had the sort of the hunting chip implant he, you know he knows how to do it but it was really funny to see right. when he first arrived uh it's 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 this sort of islington dinner party thing it's just it's lazy, and it's, and it's easy, and you can see why people do it. And it's up to us to change that around a bit, challenge that stuff. Well, isn't
1: that the symptom of today's society? And you, you just used the perfect adjective, laziness, is that you see a post, you see a picture, and you automatically hook, line, and sinker, that's what I believe. And instead of you know, 10 years ago, you'd look at the picture and go, hmm, that picture doesn't look right. Oh, that picture was actually taken eight months ago in a completely different context. Oh, that journalist just wrote something, but if you fact check that piece, it actually is wrong. And that journalist is not going to put out a oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong piece, even though they meet they touch ten million people.
2: I think that's exactly right. I think we're we're in a kind of complicated area here because you know you and I are broadcasting from a position. Uh, and it is likely that most of the people who listen to our stuff agree with us. Now, I think the wonderful thing about the internet is it is also likely that a proportion disagree with us and listen because they disagree with us. And that I'm just so happy that we we reach those people. But if you start from that position, then are we also guilty of what would you call it uh so, you know propping up our our listeners our yeah so is that a Absolutely. bad thing is that a bad thing or is that not a bad thing
1: i think it's a bad thing when we ignore the truth
2: okay so um then you get into degrees of truth and this is where i don't think it's a bad thing um because so this is an example i often often trot out so forgive me while i trotted out it's fair to say there's a perception in the UK that you know some Americans go to Africa to decorate their houses. True, and I've got lots of Chinese Chinese friends. They just don't get that. They don't understand that. And some of my British friends don't really get it either. And I've been hunting in China, and in China they like to wound animals. They like to injure them um, and birds because it keeps them fresh on the way to the kitchen. Now I'm going to guess you and I don't think that's a very good idea.
1: <laughs> that's pretty Ooh, no. horrific. No. Correct. Right.
2: And then in Britain, we like to walk slowly towards pheasants until they fly over a line of waiting guns. And I know plenty of Chinese and plenty of Americans who just don't understand that at all. So we, we end up with this sort of peculiar lack of consensus in the world of hunting. At the same time, you've got antis who will all, anti-hunters, say, will Every single one of them will look at a little white fluffy baby bunny and they'll go, oh, that's gorgeous. In fact, most hunters will as well. You know, oh, uh-huh, that's gorgeous. Uh-huh. I think we have the emotional intelligence to be able to look at that white bunny and go, it's gorgeous and it's yummy. You know, it's delicious uh-huh. as well. Uh-huh. Uh, perhaps they lack that emotional intelligence. But but the point is there's no consensus in, in hunting across the world. So if I put forward something on field sports channel and As we both do, you can't, you know, we're not in the top-down broadcasting world. We can't tell people what to think. But if I put forward something as, you know, this is what I think, I'm probably going to get people disagreeing with me, but maybe I'm going to be, like you said earlier, sort of empowering people to go along with what I'm saying. I would say that's fine, you know. Right, Um, right. So that's the area where having a position works. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But as you say, putting out complete bobbins because uh, a lot of politicians do this. They have this thing about uh, uh, it stands to reason, doesn't it? You know, we, we, uh, we just had moorland burning, which is, uh, takes place in uh, February and March. We just had that not bad, heading towards being banned by the government because they don't understand that if you burn the top of the heather off, The peat underneath, which is fantastic for carbon sequestration, the peat underneath is absolutely fine, doesn't burn at all. And we have shown this with a mobile phone filming the fire. And you put it on the peat and you film the fire going over the top and it doesn't even burn the phone. I mean, it has no effect. And if you don't do that, then, of course, you have wildfires. And I know the United States has been hit really hard Mm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. So... It's that stands to reason thing that the government looks at and said, well, set fire to the moorland and stands to reason it burns the piece underneath, we'll ban it. And that's, that's the kind of stuff I want to stop.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It's, I think, uh, you know, from our perspective, and I think you would agree here, it, it's all in balance, right? There's a balance to what you do, there's a balance to telling the truth. Um, and I think that to ensure that a voice like field sports outdoors, and Field Sports Channel is not just brushed aside. There is an element of what you do that needs to be, yeah, we see that. We don't totally agree with that. Or as you say, it's not you're not putting out bollocks for a position. You're not you're not justifying your position as a hunter. You're not justifying the position of the hunting community by Looking at something and going, "Mm, that seems a little out there, but I'm going to use it to bolster my position, which is the typical, you know, any political uh, positioning to gain favor, to gain popularity, to gain engagement seems to be the norm nowadays. I I look at the hard
2: left and the hard right and what they put out and the way they put it out, and I, I am pleased to see that I think by, well, any standards, our audience have got a very good bollocks radar, you know, they're very good at spotting. Well, don't
1: you think it's getting even better and better every day? Like people are getting cleverer. People are getting more informed. People are thinking and looking at something. Like I said before, yes, there are situations where somebody sees a picture and they're like, oh, that's terrible. I'm going to repost it and I'm going to agree without doing any research. Yes, that happens. But there is daily more and more people doing what you're just about to say, which is, hmm, that doesn't look right, or that doesn't smell right.
2: I, th- I think you have you just have to look at everything. I mean, here in the UK, we are having a um, uh, a, a moment about uh, how we treat our veterans. It's an extension of the whole Afghanistan debate, and uh, we had an Armed Forces Government Minister on the media this morning. Pointing to a suicide note that was posted on Facebook and that a lot of people had looked at and shared, and by by about nine o'clock in the morning, that Armed Forces Minister was having to track back and say it's just possible that suicide note was a fake, and I might have made a mistake, and I uh, but but I stand by the principle, he said. Right. So you know, just be careful whatever you see; it's not necessarily true. So, we did one thing on Sports channel, which I've never quite got to the bottom of why it was effective and it still makes me laugh um <laughs> and it was it was sort of it was a slightly naughty thing to do really um but i'm sure i mean i'm sure there is a i'm sure there's a good reason why we should leave it where it is we um uh we have a sort of good scare story in the in the newspapers about fox bites' child um and I used to be on a news desk back in the nineteen nineties I, I think I got the first one of those stories and I, this guy rang up and said, my kid's just been bitten by a fox and I had two phones on my desk. And I said, okay, hold hold there a sec. And I dialed the Daily Mirror with it. I was like, you two, you need to talk to each other. And and then that story came out and it's just kind of run and run and run. And I'm afraid to say it's one of those terrible, terrible tabloid stories that is yeah
1: sensationalist,
2: better in the telling, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So what we did was we took um, some dead uh, piglets um, and uh, we put them in baby clothes and we put baby oil on them and we put them in a little buggy out in the garden at night. And we played the sound of a baby crying. Anyway, guess how long it took for the first urban fox to nick a piglet? I'll tell you, 10 minutes. (laughs) 10 minutes, and then they came at five-minute intervals after that, and we used up all our piglets in in about half an hour. Um, And of course, from a film point of view, it looks terrible. You've got something that looks a lot like a baby. Exactly. So, all right. So we we do it for... We do it to make a point. I suppose I'm not quite sure what the point was, but we principally do it because the debate was getting ridiculous at the time. Can you... Can you help me out with this one? We, should we take it down or can we rationalize this in some way? Is it, is it helpful to our debate or is it harmful?
0: I always ask the question, when you look at something, does it hurt or help hunting? And in a way, you're trying to create a message. You're trying to create this thing that, you know,
1: if, if a certain circumstance was in forward, was brought in front of you, it could happen. However, from a, 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 a respectful you know, position, a gentlemanly type position that I would assume field sports is, you know, likes to take most often of, of, of the time, I would say that it's something that you probably would like to consider removing.
2: I, I can see the the Robbie approval, you know, is is falling falling off really badly there, <laughs> really badly. Um, I, I to, I'm going to need to i going to need to reassess. As soon as it came to as
1: soon as it came to you know dressing dead piglets and putting makeup on them, I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is not going in the right direction right now. <laughs>
0: um,
2: the, one of the reasons I've left it up is we we did a, uh, a it's, we have a channel over here called Channel Four, and uh, they did a whole series called Urban Foxes Live. And I was the evil fox shooter, so they brought me on to talk about why we shoot foxes. You know what the point about wildlife management, predator control, and things like that. And they, it was, it was, uh, it was hosted by Brian May from Queen. You might have come across Brian May. He okay, was yeah, them, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Um, and and some and some RSPCA, our Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animal vets, they were also on it, and they unanimously wanted me to take it down because in their eyes. It was uh, a, an argument, even if we see it as a spurious argument. But it was an argument for for predator control. So mm-hmm. because they wanted to take it down, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, if, 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 I, I would I would take it down as well, except they do too. So in right. that, something in me saying, well, in that case, perhaps leave it up. I'm
1: just going to leave it. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: It's difficult, isn't it? I, th- I think. Well, it's I th-
1: difficult because it, look, it, and honestly, it's not. The only reason I, I would say take it down is because of the intent of the action, okay? It's not like um, it's not like someone, for instance, let's use this as an example. Someone went on a fox hunt, right? shot a fox, and you videoed the entire thing, and you showed the entire thing, and they so happened to have shot it in their head, and its eyes bulged out and you have video front and center of those eyes, the fox eyes bulging out of its head. That's not, that is not a good look, no. It's not a good look, and that's something that would hurt hunting. That I... In terms of its content.
2: I agree with. I think it would hurt hunting in terms of the audience that you and I treat, that we understand. I think there are, there are still many things in hunting where I am inclined to say, although I don't like it, I'm content that it continues. You know, we've had mm-hmm. A, a, mm-hmm. a run of interest, for example. That there's quite a lot of um, uh, big bull terrier type dogs in Australia used to bring down pigs. Uh, that is not everybody's cup of tea over here. Of course. Um, yep. But it's from an Australian point of view it's absolutely fine so you know yeah.
1: same, in, same in America they use big catch dogs big catch bull um, bull master not bull masters but bull, bull lurcher, bull bull lurcher type yeah.
2: things yeah exactly yep. so they've got to be able to run and they've got to have jaws like vices yeah yep. um, I mean I must say I, I admire the dog breeding but, um, but it's just not something I would do and then you know Internationally, when we've been filming, I've come across things in uh, in China. Somebody asked me to take an 80-yard shot on a goat with six shot and I said, "No, <laughs> thank you very much." And my opinion, that mm-hmm. will just annoy it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, but, sure.
2: but then, you see, for them, that was perfectly normal. So I, it's, it's tricky how how, how judgmental are we allow ourselves. Again?
1: Well, it's all context, right? It's all context and consequence, right? So it's like the idea of wounding an animal culturally to us in the US and to you in the UK is abhorrent right? it's, that's just not what we do. But when you looked at the situation there and the, the people, why they were hunting, they were, they were hunting for the food and they were hunting for it to sustain their family and whatnot. They weren't selling it. I'm making an assumption here. They're not selling it. They're wanting it as, as, as close to fresh as they possibly can gosh
2: in in which case that's
1: that exactly
2: so that's fine but would so i got into trouble again in china for not wounding birds uh and they they told me off about that and you know it's just you you have to kind of stick to your cultural platform don't you i think but at the same time you know accept that other things take place so crucially where do you stand on trophy photographs where do you stand on a couple kissing over of okay. Whoa,
1: child. whoa, whoa. Okay. So you just you just marry two different things there. Oh, oh did I? <laughs> I um, know purposely. I know purposely. <laughs> I have no problems with a trophy shot. Right. I have a problem with a trophy shot not respecting the animal. And to me, there's two different things. So a trophy shot of someone um, beaming in excitement, beaming in joy of taking the animal that they have worked so hard to get, that they have spent a lot of money to pursue, that they have been planning and adventuring for two years to get to that moment, because that's what the smile is indicating. The smile is not indicating the death of that animal. The smile is indicating the pursuit, the adventure, the acknowledgement that I was able to do something like that. Um, The cleaning, you know, the... The couple kissing over a dead lion is not respecting the animal it's like glorifying us as a couple and it's it's taking the it's taking the it's taking the action of what just happened and adding elements to it that changes what the photo is
0: is for
2: but then they are also conservation heroes for having poured the money into that land in order to, you know, pay for the conservation of other animals and they've taken, they've taken that one line, surely a kiss is is allowable.
1: Oh, no, there's no doubt. I'm not saying you can't do it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying send it to your friends.
2: Well, then, once it's, you know, once it's in the public domain, then it, it can go wide, can't it? I mean, many people think WhatsApp is not a... Uh, uh, it's not a social media but it it absolutely is so yeah i i i must say i'm i'm completely torn about it uh i i think you're right that that there is a sort of sense of taste and and cultural perception which we we must all be responsible for when we take these photographs and i I'm always impressed when you have a a professional hunter or a stalker or a guide, whatever you call them, who takes time to dress the shot and make it look good,
1: you know. Um, And I think that's becoming more the norm than it used to be. You know, I think people are recognizing that I think, one, it's good for business. I think a more professionally shot photograph shows the animal in in a better light and shows the quality of the animal. And so that's good for business if you want to take it as a business card perspective. And I think people are also recognizing that these photographs end up on this thing called social media and to avoid it going crazy and to avoid their name being tied to something going crazy, they're going to avoid it right at the get-go, which is let's clean up this animal, let's make it look presentable, and let's provide some context to what just happened.
2: Yeah, I think I think I think that's the... What about the the moment when Namibia very briefly told all its PHs it was banning trophy shots, and they they had to rescind that about two weeks later because it just it didn't work. But I mean, it it was a reaction which it's a bold
1: me, move. It's but, a bold move. I, I it's don't a bold think it, move to say you don't think it's a bold move.
2: No, I I, I think it was a nutty move. I I don't think that they had any thought about how they could possibly enforce it. How
1: you know? You know no, 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 no. Of course, it's just like. It's just like um, the Arizona trail camera ban, right? That just happened in Arizona. Some, Some good points both for and against the ban and that it's now gone in. Now it's almost everyone's like, well, shit, how do you actually do it? Like, how does it... If I took a picture of this animal eight months ago and I killed it, did I just take that wildlife through the camera but the picture was eight months ago? There's nuance to the details, right? And so Namibia... I think that they were saying, how do we nip the issues? And that's here, here's the here's the core of the issue, Charlie. And since you've been asking me all these questions, I'll ask a question back to you. That's damn it, man. I don't know. I was supposed to be interviewing you, my friend. (laughs) Um at the core of at the core of the issue of hunting today is the availability of content tied to hunting. Agree or not agree?
2: Right. Let's run that that again. So at the core of... The core issue... Issue. ...that hunting faces today... Is the availability of content...
1: Do you mean like video content, or... Is the availability of shitty... Let me add an adjective. (laughs) Shitty, Ah. photographic, and video content. Agree or not agree?
2: I uh, agree, but... I'm not going to let you get away with a yes, no answer to that one because um, so when we started Field Fieldsports Channel, um, uh, one of the things we wanted to film was pheasant shooting, uh, which, you know, as I said, many Americans don't necessarily understand. Uh, It's a very community based uh, thing. It can involve quite large bags of birds, in which case people say, isn't this just target practice with live creatures? You know, there there are issues attached to it. And I had a gamekeeper who uh, came up to me during the filming. He said, and "He said the problem is he said shooting, as we call it, pheasant shooting. We call shooting. He said it's not really a spectator sport." And he's right in a respect. I mean, it is a participation sport rather than a spectator sport. And to put it onto television, even the best shooter in the world is not necessarily going to produce one hundred percent likes as we. As we now, as we now, view the world, and we had this debate quite long and hard within Field Sports Channel with the gang to talk about, you know, how if he is right, we should stop Field Sports Channel, frankly, um, because you know, if if we're doing harm, then this is not really working for us. And we came round to, maybe this is cognitive dissonance, maybe this is self-justification, but we we did come round to the idea that. It's not quite true to say that unless you're on Facebook, you don't exist, but unless you can be loud and proud about what you do, unless Correct. you can make a sport available to a wider viewing public, unless you are able in a media arena, it is a, it's an arena, you know, Correct. Um, yeah. unless you're able to stand up for what you do and filming it and presenting it as one way of doing that, then maybe there's an argument if not from you, certainly from other people, that you shouldn't be doing it either. So in that respect, filming on hunting continues. Shitty filming on hunting, well, that's, that's a difficult one. You can't stop it. You know, you can't. I, I think one of the points which never seems to come across whenever somebody puts up something that you know, doesn't work, and I've got a good example, we had a stag shot in water. A red stag shot in water by a client, uh, and it went onto WhatsApp. And this is why WhatsApp is actually um, proper social media, because from WhatsApp it was shared to wider groups, to wider groups. Mm-hmm. Fact, it on the Facebook on Twitter. On to Facebook, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, what can you do about that? Well, not very much. Um, Admit it has happened. Move on. I think the one thing you can do is point out that we are a very, very wide group of people you know an awful lot we might be a minority but an awful lot of people hunt and shoot and there's bound to be some cock-ups as we call them in the uk um one one more quick example we we uh have been told on the national media in the uk that the hunters of malta are the bad guys for shooting um turtle doves turtle doves are
1: right Right. Uh, there's,
2: there's a lot of turtle At doves. At the end of
1: their migration.
2: Uh, well, during, well, during their migration. exactly. yeah. yeah. And we were told that was bad too. So we went and investigated in Malta um, several times, and we have worked with the Maltese Hunting Association, the FKMK, and we've discovered many things. Uh, like, for example, 2 million turtle doves are shot in Europe every year. They're not that rare. 5,000 right. only are shot on Malta. They breed yep. more turtle doves on Malta than they shoot. I mean, there's, there's a lot yep. of stuff. But Malta… Yep. Yep. The Antis wanted to kind of get Malta as a, you know, as a scalp. They wanted to kind of say, we've got, mm-hmm. we got a ban in the EU member state. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that was most crucial for me about Malta was a lot of people in Malta, it's not a big island, seven miles across, a lot of people there hunt. Um, and they had a, a referendum about it, and the hunters won. Now, there's an argument to say that the hunters won because while they, they, well, the anti-hunters got the Catholic Church on their side, the hunters got the, the local motoring federation on their side, which is a much more powerful organization. <laughs> um, but but that said, if, if you if you go back to the 1990s, there were f- newspaper front pages then of a guy who'd shot a He shot a pelican. And there's a picture of him holding up a pelican on the front page of the paper saying, look what I shot. Isn't that amazing? And you have got to move that culture around from there to shooting pelicans is not always a good thing. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of, a lot of what the anti says about the, the abuses that go on in shooting, well, if you've if you have been able to move that tanker round in just 30 years, I think you've done pretty well considering the number of people sure. involved. So I sure. think... Uh, f- but, uh, but... Yeah, but, okay, forgiveness is a difficult thing, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Going back to the question. Yes. You just gave us two examples. Yes.
0: A pelican and a red stack that was shitty content by our standards today that
1: by our standards today, and maybe not just, just maybe shitty is the wrong adjective content. That hurts hunting. Okay. You just gave us two examples of content that hurts hunting. That is the
0: primary issue, the core issue that we face. As a hunting body to defend what we do,:
2: No, I'm now going to come down on no because it's going to happen, it's always going to happen and, and and there's what. So
1: if it's not content that hurts hunting that is the core of the issue
0: facing hunting today that you just vehemently said no, then what is it, Charlie there's something bigger and more profound across society
2: that probably does the most harm that probably does more harm than content that is bad for hunting and that is i think an attitude across uh, social media which i know we don't necessarily have to live our life through social media but you know it is a reflection of what we do that people will look at a thing and they will say everything I do and above in the context of that thing should be allowed and everything below what I do should be banned Uh, and when they start doing that when they start being intolerant of a pelican or a stag that's shot in water and they may be being intolerant for reasons they don't fully understand there is something emotionally ghastly about a stag being shot in water you know Frankly, as far as the sound concerned, makes no difference whether it's shot in water, in land, or up a tree. But uh, for, for for the viewer, it looks terrible. So we have to learn to cope with that, not just as hunters, but as a, as a wider society. And Because I think that is the bit, that is the piece that is
1: most okay, damaging, I want to pick a little for hunting. I want to pick at your foundational basis
0: of your argument. You just said that it's the attitude and intolerance of a certain activity that is at the
1: core of why we're facing the issues we're facing from a hunting perspective. Why do they have the attitude and the intolerance to it?
2: I think it's a very normal human thing to feel that... uh before the advent of social media, whenever you were faced with a, a situation, a position, a, a moral position, perhaps, you would make a judgment about it. And the easy judgment would be, thank God that wasn't me. Um, and it might have come out of your mouth as I would never do that. And, and then it translates into these are the things I wouldn't do, that and stuff like it. And therefore, these are the things I would do, me and everything better than me. And because you are constantly applying those lines to positions that you're being assaulted with on social media, hundreds and hundreds of positions every day, then you start to build a a, a a more fractured society, a more intolerant society, a society that is incapable of looking at a thing for what it is. Rather like what you were saying earlier on about jumping onto images you see on social media um and i would still say that there is you know if 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 if, um name me a famous hunter goes out and Jim shocky starts this morning by letting a whole lot of hamsters on the floor and stamping on them that would be bad for hunting i totally agree yeah sure but uh first of all i'm pretty sure jim's not going to do that and, uh, secondly, I think that it is worse for hunting that there is a level of intolerance from all sides for all things.
1: Do you think that the attitude, again, I'm going to pick a little bit more, I'm going to go a little Please deeper. Do. do you feel like the attitude and intolerance for hunting has increased because of social media? Yes, I do. Okay. If the answer to that is yes, because of social media... Social media is a content-based
0: system, and so what kind of content has caused the attitude and intolerance to increase? Uh, not always
2: things that are are bad for hunting. Uh, I think is the answer to that, and that's why I think the the argument is is my argument still stands. I think it is true that you know that. When you present something, there, there are several, several things happen at the same time. Uh, you have people who are prepared to say yes, no. A lot of people are prepared to sit back and wait to see what the world says. And, and a sense of the back foot about a subject. So we had a, um, we had a stag uh, on uh, a bit of ground near me called Exmoor. Um, and uh, uh, it was a pretty good stag. It was nine years old. It wasn't amazing. Uh, somebody shot it. And we had a TV personality at the time called Johnny Kingdom. We're going about 25 years now. And Johnny Kingdom says to the newspapers, that was the biggest stag in Britain. And it was called the Exmoor Emperor. So, okay. So he immediately Cecilizes the stag, you know, he gives yep, it a name. Yep. Okay. And everybody is going, oh, it's terrible. Stag shouldn't be allowed. A shooting stag shouldn't be allowed. Nothing should be allowed. It's awful. All these people should be sent away. and You know, usual sort of thing. And, the hunting community, the stalking, deer stalking community were, were on the back foot for about a week. And so this story grew like like they did with Cecil. It grew. It, it kind of spread like a whole cancer through the media. And by the time anybody from the hunting organizations stood up and said, look, it's just a stag. Get over it. It was too late, you know. Right, right. So, so I, I think in that case, your kind of instant moral assertion um, system is is a bad thing, because the easy thing to say is, Well, I'd never shot that stag. I'd never done that, you know, and actually, you don't know, do you right? Uh, and then the other thing is you have got like, a lot of people are sitting there waiting for you to say something or waiting for other people to say something, and you've also got a lot of people who are simply don't know what to say, have not got the vocabulary like with cecil we did We didn't know how to explain that there was nothing wrong with that, however. By the time we did say it, you know, the damage had already taken place. So I'm going to go back to intolerance.
1: So then let's go back to the original piece that started this whole line of discussion,
0: (laughs) which is Namibia
1: Namibia saying, we don't want you to post a a trophy hunting picture. And so I could see, and, and so what I, from their perspective, what they're saying is if we can cut or limit, limit is the answer. If we can limit the amount of potential bad press coming out of Namibia, we're going to do it. And that's one way to do it, right? And so it 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 may not have
0: been the best you know route forward. but let's use that as in the context of Cecil. How do we, and maybe this is the way to wrap this thing up, how do we not, and I think I know the answer because I think we're both in this world, how do we not
1: position ourselves constantly to be on that back foot that we seem to be two weeks late to the party, that we seem to be, you know, always justifying sitting in the closet. The closet gets open, we come running out, we punch people in the face, and then we go back in the closet.
2: I think one easy answer, and I hope you know this, is is we need Blood Origins to be there, to give us a vocabulary, to give us the answers that will inform the way we react to those situations very, very rapidly so that they don't become a problem. Uh, I think uh, there are and many collaborations
1: many. with field sports I'm to be I'm able to reach the audience that you have.
2: Absolutely. And I, th- I, th- I also think there are many, many uh, landmines involved here as well. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not keen on uh, people posting photographs of uh, the hunter with the animal they've shot and the hunter's face has been blurred out or a big smiley face has been put over it. Cause that makes people look like criminals,
1: you know, yep, uh, yep. uh, it's, it's, it's a. It's a it, if you're that, planning, if you're going to post a trophy shot, yes. if you've made that decision. Yes. Then the, you know, the blurring part could be the hunter saying, I don't want my face there. Well then it, if that's the prob- case, then take him out of the picture, just take absolutely. the picture of the animal. Animal or rifle? not, not doing yeah. exactly?
2: Yes, yeah. So, so I, so I, think that that is your your easy and quick answer. Um, but I also think there are there are lots and lots of problems we have to face. But I would like to, as a, as a way of wrapping this up, I would I would like to get across this idea of uh, you know greater tolerance. Uh, if above all we show dignity, we show tolerance in our approach to life, we will be able to put across the benefits of uh, our sport much, much more
1: easily. I totally agree, Charlie. Well, um, I loved it. You are a uh, the typical uh, English gentleman in terms of understanding and enjoying. This is what people don't get to see because they don't get to see the video, is that you quite enjoyed the, the, the prod and pull of the debate of questions and lining questions up and, and posting, which I thoroughly enjoy because that's, That's who I am. That's what we do at Blood Lord.
2: Well, I uh, enjoyed being prodded and pulled immensely, if that's the right way of looking at it. And uh, and, and dear listeners, you have to know, uh, Robbie is suffering from a um, back-to-school cold from his kids at the moment. So I think a magnificent
1: performance by you. Well done. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that, Charlie. And look, anytime, um, love to have you back. Uh, We have roundups that are very quasi- field sports every week that we put on the podcast like hear the crazy articles we'd love to have you on that but it'll be we would have to get you up at like three in the morning because we've we'll just change the filming so that uh we'll switch roles me drinking coffee in the morning you having lunch uh we'll switch roles for that but thank you man i really really appreciate it love what you do uh where can people find you FieldSportsChannel.tv sports TV,
2: easiest way youtube um we we kind of nick the word field sports i think when we started it it was just heading towards track and field. But I think we've now dragged it back to mean something like hunting.
0: Perfect. Perfect. You're the man, Charlie. Thank you. Well, that's it for today.
1: I appreciate you listening as always leave a review, share it with your
0: friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.